Amen. Good morning. Hallelujah. Welcome to Calvary. Amen. Amen. Glad to be in the house of the Lord.
mighty this morning. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. How many has had some mountains in your life this week? A little, maybe a little valley to go through, a mountain to climb, or a giant that may have come against you this morning, but this song says, why should we worry? Because we're going to speak to that mountain, and we're going to declare today that God is bigger, better, stronger, and greater. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Love me too hard for you this morning. There's no sickness that you cannot heal. There's no addictions that you cannot deliver from, Father. Hallelujah. There's no mountain too high. Listen, valley too low. There's no fear that I have. He doesn't already know. There's no problem too big. That's too bad, too strong. There is nothing for God that's impossible. There's no sing it out. No, there isn't. No valley too low. There's no fear that I have. He doesn't already know. There's no problem too big. There's no weapon. this week when last Sunday we came in you didn't know what was going to be happening this week but he is bigger and greater and he is there with you through everything you go through church he will never leave you and he will never forsake you and if we remain in in him he gives us the victory amen hallelujah thank you father
Hallelujah. How many have that victory in Jesus today? You already have received the victory. Amen. Give the Lord a praise offering in the house. He deserves it. Amen. God is in this place. And where the presence of the Lord is, we need to rejoice and be exalting the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen. It's so good to see everybody here. You can feel the presence. How many feel the presence of God here this morning? The worship was great. The presence of God came down as we exalt Him, as we lift up His name. He will come in our midst, and He is here today. Look at your neighbor and say, aren't you thankful that God is here today? Amen. You can be seated if you can just for a moment. Every day the Bible says, I will bless Him. Amen. Not just on Sunday. Amen. But just every day, the, the, the psalmist cried out, God, every day I have to bless your name, and I have to praise your name. How, how often? Every day. But it will go on forever and forever and forever. And so we are so thankful that God is great, and as a song we were singing about, because he is great, church, we are to praise him, and we are to exalt him. Because his greatness, the Bible says, is unsearchable. That means you can't find just how great God really is. You can't explain it. You can't, your finite mind cannot comprehend it. But his greatness goes beyond what we can even, even imagine. And his mercy endures forever. His love for us and mercy goes on forever and forever and forever. And for that alone, we ought to be praising God and thanking him for his greatness. Amen. <clears throat> We're going to go through some announcements this morning. Uh, by the way, the men had a prayer breakfast yesterday, and what a great breakfast it was. Uh, we thank Pastor John and, and brother, uh, our, our brother back in the, Jason, my lands, for what a great breakfast they served for us. But we also, Brother Malcolm did a wonderful job in introducing us into our Bible study Kingdom Man, that was a Bible study series by Dr. Tony Evans, and we are going to be continuing that Bible study, men, so pass the word around. Remember, we talked about how important it is that God raises up some kingdom men in these last days. More than ever, we need some kingdom men to come up now, uh, and, and God is looking for such a man that will come up and be that person that he wants him to be, so it's going to be every Wednesday at 6.30, starting this coming Wednesday. And uh, we will have, still have some refreshments and drinks as a fellowship before we get into the Bible study. And it will be video-driven, and it will have some handouts for you. And he done a great job. Brother Malcolm, thank you uh, for putting that together yesterday. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the ladies are, are doing, uh, are upcoming on March the 6th through April the 10th. That's going to be each Sunday at 4 p.m. It is a series called Connecting with God. It is a guide to prayer. And uh, Sister Tammy wanted me to go ahead and announce some of the topics that will be taught in this. Uh, that will be uh, purpose and the priority of prayer, the necessity of prayer, elements and essentials of prayer, uh, praying effectively, hindrances to answered prayer. So anytime that you're praying, you can believe that the enemy will try to hinder you, right? But you know God will, it, 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 there's a connection, there's more, uh, I don't know how I would say this, 
more intimacy with God when people pray. When you, you know, because when we're reading God's word, I've always told my wife, I feel like that's God. He's talking to me when I'm reading his word. But he wants to hear from us too. Amen. He wants us to pray. And he wants us to seek him and, and humble ourselves and pray and seek the face of God. You know, I was thinking about the situation, the, the, the victory is ours. I was talking about the greatness of God. But yet we are living, church, in very perilous times. And I feel like I just need to say this just for a moment before we turn over to the pastor. We are living in very uh, perilous times. And what's going to happen is as these perilous times come upon us and across our land and across this world, we would like to think that it's going to get better. But according to God's word, it's only going to get wax worse and worse. But here's the good news from all of that. I don't know where all this is going to come out. I don't know what all is going to happen over in Ukraine, which we need to be lifting up people in Ukraine in prayer. We need to be praying for our brothers and sisters, for those families, those wives, those children. We need to pray like never before. But I don't know all the outcome of that. But what I do know is this. God's still on the throne. God has a timetable. <laughs> and I'm really confident in believing that we are seeing biblical prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes. Well, you don't have to watch Fox News or CNN News or CBS or ABC to find out. The Bible's already spoke about this some 2,000 years ago. Jesus said there would be wars and there will be rumors of wars. See that your heart not be troubled. Amen. These things are going to happen. But what we need to be doing, church, more than ever, as we were talking out there before service, we need to be getting closer to God now than we ever have. We don't need to desensitize what's going on around us. It's so easy to forget about what's going on over there because it ain't happening here, isn't it? But we need to realize that perilous times are upon us. Things are going to wax worse and worse. And if we're going to make it to heaven, we need to be more into church than ever before. We need to be more into these Bible studies than ever before. We need to have an intimate relationship with God like never before. And we need to be seeking the face of God like never before because his greatness is coming. Jesus is about ready to come in all of his power and all of his glory. But he is coming for a church who is watching for him and those who ain't watching for him and those who are just half serving him may be left behind I mean that's just the Bible and I'm here as a preacher to let you know God is sending out as much warning as he can be ready for in an hour that you think not the son of man is coming and he quickly said, I don't come. Listen, Jesus himself ended Revelation saying, Behold, I come quickly. He's coming, church, and we need to get ready. We're seeing a great falling away. We're seeing people losing their faith. We're seeing people losing hope. We're seeing people turn their backs on God. And that's biblical. That's what the Bible said would happen. I don't want that to be me. Do you want that to be you? No. We've got to come together. Because when we're in unity, it's so much better when we come together because we're much stronger. We're better together. Amen? All right, let's pray for our pastor as he gets ready to come. How many love Pastor Kevin? What a wonderful job he's doing uh, in this I Love My Church. I'm telling you, I've just enjoyed it, soaking it in. And we need to love our church, don't we? 
Father, we thank you for the church because it is your church, Lord. It is what you bled and died for. We are your church. We are your people, God. And as we come, Lord, to you, we humbly come asking you, Lord, to come into our midst. Father, that you would look upon our wicked ways, that you would look upon our sinful ways, God. And we, we humbly ask, God, that you would forgive us. God, we need to turn to you more than we have ever turned to you before. And we're asking, dear God, that you would just cleanse us. You said that your, your blood will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Father, help us to have a passion. Help us to have a hunger and a thirst for your word. The word that's going to be preached this morning to us, God. The word that you have given to our pastor, Lord. We ask that it would go out unhindered. We pray, God, that you would empower him and fill him with the Holy Spirit as he brings forth this bread of life to us. May our hearts be open, our ears be open to receive what you have for us today. And bless our pastor. Lord, bless him abundantly, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Amen. Let's stand back up this morning. I believe, uh, I believe the healer's in the house this morning. You're here this morning, and uh, you turn it just a little bit, brother. Not much, just a little bit. And you've got something. You've got something going on in your, maybe in your body, or. You need healing in your family, or maybe you need healing in uh, a relationship. Uh, and with me saying that, we've got some people in our family of believers here this morning. Sister Rosemary Shaw needs needs our prayers. Uh, it's good to see Debbie with us this morning, but her brother passed away this week, and we want to say how sorry we are say as a church family that we love you sweetie and we are behind you our nation and the Ukrainian people and the Russian people and everything that's going on in our in our nation but I believe the healer is in the house this morning and if you need healing in your body this morning we're not going to move out of our seats but I I want you just to raise your hands if you need healing. And, and I want for the others to look around and just, just stretch your hands that way towards them. It's not, it's not a pastor. It's not a worship leader that does the healing. But it's the healer that's in the house this morning. And we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And we're as you pray, you pray by faith, believing that God's going to touch him this morning. This is just not a, this is not just not a, a, a spiritual ritual. It's not a, a spiritual, just something that we do. Uh, we're believing by faith. Say by faith that when we pray this morning, that God is going to hear and He's going to answer our prayer. You know the Bible says in the New Testament. Let me build your faith just a second. The Bible says in the New Testament. That signs and wonders, Pastor John, followed those that believed. Signs and wonders, miracles followed those that believe. And so we're believing for a miracle for you this morning. Let's all, and let's not just pray, pray low. I want us to really 
pray out this morning like we really mean it for each other. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you. Now, I'm going to let you do the praying, so I want us to pray out loud this morning. Come on, you can pray louder in that. Pray for your brothers and sisters this morning. Father, we thank you this morning. Come on, let's pray for each other this morning. God, you're faithful. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we're believing it by faith. Lord, we're believing by faith that you are the healer. The healer is in the house this morning. Father, we thank you this morning. The healer is in the house this morning.
The difficulties and troubles that you may be going through, saith the Lord. It is only for a season. For I am about to turn your sorrow into you soaring. I'm about to turn your valley into a mountaintop. I'm about to take your transformation into a transition. And I'm about to do a new thing, saith the Lord. For these trials and these troubles are just for a season. For I am about to do a new thing. I'm about to bring you into a season in your life that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what the Spirit of the Lord has designed and architected for you, saith the Lord. So be not thou discouraged, be thou not be weary, for in due season, I'm about to do a new thing. For Joshua said, be of good courage, for the Lord thy God is with thee. For do not think this is a season of darkness, saith the Lord. It's a season of transition in to what I'm about to take you into, saith the Lord of hosts. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Hallelujah. How, how many of you believe the Lord has spoke to us this morning? Amen. You think, well, Pastor, I've... I was raised, never really raised in a Pentecostal church. I'm not really, I really don't know about uh, tongues and interpretation, but it is real. It's real out of the book of Acts, and so we're glad you're here this morning. I've just felt the spirit of the Lord. 
Um, I do encourage you to continually pray for Sister Rosemary and Sister Debbie's family. And uh, please uh, continue to pray for the Ukrainian people and Russia. And Pastor Steve has already mentioned, I believe the coming of the Lord is near. Amen. Amen. The worship team did a wonderful job this morning. Let's give them a hand. Amen. Amen. We're going to close out our series this Sunday on I Love My uh, I Love My Church. And the next series that I'm looking at diving into, I've been wanting to do this for years. I want to preach on the book of Jonah uh, coming up in, in uh, a couple weeks ahead. But uh, we're going to close out our series, What is the Church? So I hope you've enjoyed it as we've talked about the, the church. And so I want to recap just for a second until we, uh, and, and so we can get into the rest of, of, of the last sermon on what is the church. But we talked about that the church is not a denomination. We said it's not a material building. We said it's not actually plan B in the eyes of God. We said the church, the church, think about the church, is the centerpiece, is the centerpiece of the kingdom of God. Why? Because the church is the only thing that God had to purchase. Everything else, he created. But it cost God something to purchase the church. It cost him the blood of his son. The church is a community, say with me, a community of believers together. The church is not a denomination, it's not plan B in the eyes of God, it's not a material building, but the church is a community of believers together. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, it puts it this way, but you are citizens together with what? God's holy people, you belong to God's family. Let's say that together. You belong to God's family. You belong to God's family. How many of you ladies have a hope chest? Or you have a, maybe you don't have a hope chest, maybe you have a hope box. Uh, that hope chest, you've, maybe you've put great-grandmother's person there, or grandma's person there, or granddaddy's old watch. Why? Why do you have hope chest? Because it's things that you value, right? It's things that you really value. Maybe a mother is keeping some things for her, her daughter, and there's certain small things that she keeps in her hope chest, or she keep, he keeps in that little hope box. Because she extremely values those things. Well, that reminds me of God's chosen people. Because God values you and I so much that he sent his son. And those, that, that hope chest has, also has memories in it. It has things that you value because you want to hand it down to your grandkids or your great-grandkids. So that's like the concept of the church. 
God's chosen people, God's family of God. They show their love by sharing and by giving to one another. Let's say that by sharing and by giving to one another. So we're going to close out this series on talking about giving, uh, talking about money. Now, when you talk about giving and you talk about money, it's like the big elephant in the room, right? Because people think when the pastor talks about giving and he talks about money, all he wants is your money. But when we look at the early church, and we look at the church that God had birthed, the Holy Spirit had birthed in the book of Acts chapter 2, we see that the early church, the community of believers, they shared between one another and they gave between one another. Acts chapter, two, Acts chapter 4, verse uh, 32 through 33. Before we read this, you say, Pastor, what does, what does giving, what does money, what does that have to do so much? I, I feel like I'm sitting here this morning, this is not going to be real spiritual. But giving and sharing is real spiritual. When you look through Genesis and take a jetline tour through the book of Revelations, scholars say that finances and money and and the money they brought to the temple, the gold and the silver, and we look in the New Testament, the money that they laid at the apostles' feet. That there's more script, there's more scripture in the Bible about money and finances than anything. So somehow, money and finances is connected spiritually at times to what God wants to do in your life. So let's take notes. Let's keep our ears open to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us this morning and how it connects spiritually uh, to your life and my life. Acts chapter 4 and verse 32 through 35, and let's read this, let's read this all together. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything that they had. Let's say everything that they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll come back to that later. And God's great blessings was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles and give to those that were, say, in need. It was a big deal to the early church to give to those that were in need. Now, how many of you have ever seen the movie, I think it's called Nemo? Is that how you pronounce that? And you see the seagulls in there, and there's, a, there's just a little scene in there that you hear them say these words, mine, 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 mine. Just a little scene in there. These seagulls get up and, and they see something and they every one of them are saying, mine, 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 mine. That sounds like two little kids 
that want the toy that the other one's got. What do they say? It's mine, it's mine, and it's mine. I wonder sometimes that when it comes to our tithes and our offerings and our giving and our money and our bank accounts, does God hear in his ear the voice of a Christian seagull saying, it's mine, 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 mine. That is to say it together, it's mine, mine, mine. And we'll get into a little later that it's not yours. Amen. So I'm going to give you just a couple things this morning that I want you to write down, mentally take, put on your iPad, phone, that I believe that will help you and I look at the early church and take some examples out of uh, in our giving uh, to one another. The first one is, it teaches us to release our grip. The early church, when it came to giving, it was all about the attitude of the heart. It was all about the attitude of the heart. Verse 32 says, and all the believers were, remember it said they were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared, here's this word, they shared everything that they had. The unity of the church through their giving was a wonderful evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit among them. Because of their unity, they regarded people more than their things they owned. The Holy Spirit touched the early church in the book of Acts. He touched them with signs and wonders. He touched them with great healings. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of you have read that? Do you believe that? The early church was birthed. But I'm going to mess with your theology just a little bit this morning. You want to know one of the biggest signs that the early church was filled with the Spirit? They had such an overwhelming heart to give. The early church, the great community of believers, the ones that said, I love my church, they were extraordinary givers. They recognized God's ownership of everything, and it all belonged to God. Because God had touched their lives so deeply, they found it easy to share because it all belonged to God. Say with me, it all belongs to God. So God is asking us to release our grip on our finances. We get the attitude of when we pay our tithes and offerings sometimes, that we expect God to always give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. But it's more than just give me, give me, give me. It's more than give me, give me, give me. 
So what we are talking about this morning is a principle that God laid out out of the New Testament church, come out of the New Testament church, and God must have thought that being filled with the Spirit was extremely important. He must have thought uh, giving financially was extremely important, signs and wonders was extremely important, but he put giving and sharing right in there with it. And the second thing, after we release our grip, it teaches us to tighten our belt. Making room in our budgets to help people. That's exactly what the early church did during the book of Acts. Verse 34 says, There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles' feet. The early church didn't have any hope chest. The early church didn't hide their money under the bed. The first century church, the early church, was getting rid of everything that they didn't need to help somebody else because it was all about the heart. It was all about the heart. Their lifestyle, they changed so they could tighten their belts and give. So, Pastor, this is not real. I don't feel real spiritual about this. This is not real spiritual. Holy Ghost field here. What might God ask you to sell or get rid of? And take that money and help somebody in need. Because to him, giving and sharing is very spiritual. So what is God asking you and I to tighten our belts on, tighten our budget up, so we can have a heart to give to someone that is in real need? I wrote down, maybe there's a single mom that could use your help. Maybe there's a, a dad or a family that's lost their job and you can't help them because you've have, you haven't tightened your budget and you're used to just spending and spending and it's hard for God to knock on your heart's door. To help them. So God says, let's tighten, let's tighten some things up. Because we got people in the body of Christ, in our own family, a body of Christ that needs uh, that needs help. The first third thing that I that I seen was that once we uh, loosen our grip and tighten our belt, then God is asking us to give it away. Once the early church in Acts ditched the mind, mind, mind mindset, they were able to help one another. I want to tell a little story before I, I, I finish here. We don't think giving is really that spiritual, do we? But I have been, I've been, and I want you to lean in here, I've been praying 
over the last six to eight months. And how many of you have prayed and went through trials and different things in your life and you're yearning to hear the voice of the Lord? I mean, how many, just one of you, praise the Lord, uh, that you, you talk about money because everybody just clams up. It's like, God, is he going to want, God want all of my money? And, and for about six or eight, eight months, just praying and wanting to hear the voice of the Lord, wanting to hear the voice of the Lord. And through that, how many of you have prayed and prayed, and, and, and there's times that God has become so silent? So silent. And so there's been some things over the last, over the last three to four months that God has spoke to my heart, and uh, He said, I want you to help that person, and I want you to give to that person, and the gentleman was out here working on an air conditioner the other day, and uh, I rode across town, and coming across town, God says, uh, I want to remind you that you have a little bit of money in your desk back there, and this is exactly what you have, Kevin, in your desk. And he said, I want you to give that to the gentleman working on the air conditioner. And so coming back across town, I say back to God. Uh, and I had like, I said, okay, I'm thinking to myself, Pastor Steve, i tell you what, I'll give him half of it. Half of it. Half of it will be good. Half obedience, right? God said, no, I want you to give it all to him. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I rethink the voice of God. How many of you have done that? And I said to myself, I really didn't hear God. I really didn't hear God. Right, right, God, you didn't tell me to give that. What happens? The heat pump goes back out again. And he has to come back. Now, probably if I'd have just been obedient, he wouldn't have had to come back. He comes back, and God knocks on my heart, and he said, do you remember the money that's in your desk? I said, yes, sir, God. He said, now, let me try this again. Take it out of your desk, put it in an envelope, and take it out there to him. And so I did. The next time he was back, he told me, he said, Pastor, you gave me that gift, you and your wife, the other day. And he said, I thought that God had forgot all about me. He said, I've had issues. My wife has been sick at home. My son, et cetera, and et cetera. And he said, I thought God had completely forgot all about me. And you gave me that. And it was like something touched my heart. He said, that God cares for me. And I walked back in and I said, God, it had nothing to do with the money. What it had to do with was you letting him know that you loved him. Now, 
I thought money wasn't very spiritual. God used it that time to touch the heart of a man that God thought God had forgot all about him. So that was the start on the journey that for the last three or four weeks, God's knocked on my heart and said, this person needs something. I want you to give it to them. How many of you know it's easier to give when God starts replacing it back in your bank account? But it's a little bit harder when God keeps taking it out and you physically can't see it come back in. Right? I like double, I like double or nothing too. I like triple or nothing. Four, you know, I, I like increase too. So I'm 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 here by myself the other day. And a couple of Stanton Police Department, a couple of them come and, and uh, they drive under the awning there, and one's parked out there, and it's raining, and now they're just out there just talking. And I thought, who's talking? I look, there's two police officers out there, and I, I get ready to go down to the, the kitchen, and God knocks on, my, knocks on my heart, and he says, you got a couple Starbucks gift cards in your, in your drawer there. I said, God, they're not but $5 a piece. They don't need, he said, well, there's, you got two, and there's two police officers. Now, I want you to take both of them and give it to them. And do you know, listen, church, this is a big deal to me. How is money and finance connected spiritually? I, I can't really explain all that, but I can explain that I woke up this morning and God knocked on my heart's door and started speaking to me. Now, for somebody that's been praying, hadn't been able to hear the voice of God for a while, that is a big deal. That is a big deal. And I keep saying, God, why, why? And I believe it broke when I started just doing. I've always tried to be a giver in my life, but I believe it started back some time ago when God said, do this, do this. Brothers and sisters, I don't think it had so much to do with how much money it was. It had to be if I had an obedient heart. Lastly, verse 33, and the, the apostles Testify powerfully to the, listen, to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's great blessings was upon them all. And there was no needy people among them. The early church said, I love my church and the people so much that once we find out that one of them are in need, we're going to step out and we're going to help them. Listen to the Listen to the results of the actions of generosity of the early church. Verse 33, the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's not miss this. People in the community and around Jerusalem started listening to the gospel after they seen the action of how loving and caring and giving the early church was. 
God used, listen, God used the giving and the caring and the loving of the early church out in their community to where the community people said they're giving, they're sacrificing, they're sacrificing their stuff to give to us. We live in such a greedy generation. It must have been greedy then too. And when they started giving, it opened up that door and they started listening to the resurrection gospel of Jesus Christ. Now that messes with me. It messes with me because why? Because God used money. God used money to open up the door of the hearts of people to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God used finances and sharing and giving and money to open up the heart to those that didn't know Jesus Christ about the resurrection. I think God meant something when he said out of the book of Acts, they were sharing and they were giving. Now I want to close, I'm going to close with this. When it comes to a when it comes to a church and finances and money and giving as a church, when you pay your tithes and you pay offerings and you give into the local church, it's the responsibility of the pastor and the board of where that money goes. Can somebody say amen? Are you following me? This is still, still teaching on finances. And I believe it's very important that a church, that a church body knows this. Paul talked to Timothy, and he gave him instructions to the people that were bringing money into the church. And these were the instructions that he gave them. The church must know, do research on who truly needs help. If someone can support themselves, it's not the church's responsibility to support lazy people. Scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 3. Also, the Bible teaches, if family can support a needy family member, the church should not support them, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 3 through 4. Which means, let me give you an example, which means, and my mother doesn't, but if my mother needed a new car, or needed a car, it's not the church's responsibility if my mother doesn't have the money to buy her a new car, I mean to buy help buy her a car. She has three children, and it's her three children's responsibility before the church every, ever steps in to make sure my mother is taken care of. It's not the responsibility for my brother and me and my sister 
to just do anything we want and buy whatever we want. And if my mom is in need, turn to the church and say, it's your responsibility. No, the Bible teaches it's my brother and it's my sister and it's my responsibility that my mother's need is taken care of. And then if she needs help, then the church can help. Boy, it's quiet in here. Third, the Bible teaches those who are supported by the church must make some return to the body of Christ, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 5. Meaning, if the church steps out and is willing to help you and to give to you because you need, then you need to make some type of contribution to the body of Christ, the people that gave to you. Maybe you can't do anything physically, but you sure can drop on your knees. And you can pray for the body of believers, right? Also, the Bible teaches us it's, it's right for us to examine moral conduct to people that we financially give money to. We just are not going to hand out money to any old Joe not knowing how they live. Also, the Bible teaches the support of the church should only do basic things. The people that need the basic needs. I'm not, I'm not going to help you pay for your Jaguar, okay? That's not a basic need. Amen. Is this, this good? Because it's my responsibility and the board, when you pay your tithes and you drop it in back there, it's our responsibility to hold accountable to who we give to. Amen. Some, a lot of you worked hard. A lot of you worked hard through the years to make money. And we need to have a guideline. It must have been pretty spiritual. Timothy, Paul wouldn't have told Timothy how to, how to take care of that. And here's the good part. This is what you, all of you have been waiting on, and we're closing, okay? Verse 33 says, And God's great blessing, great grace was upon them all. God's great favor smiled down upon the early church when they financially helped one another. Now, how many of you like God's great grace? How many of you want God's amazing, great, mega grace in your life? How many of you believe the favor of God's great, mega grace can fall upon you when you care for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Amen. And then you can truly say, you know what, God? This money's not mine. It belongs to you. Whether you tell me to give a $5 gift certificate to one of our nice police officers in town, or whether you tell me to give $500 to someone, God, it all belongs to you. And at the end, you told me in Malachi chapter 3, all of us like this, and this is a jumping place, that I will devour the pestilence and the thing that comes against you. And then when you give and be obedient, he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. 
Come on, let's say that together. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven, and I'm going to pour you out a blessing. Let's stand. Now, how many would say this morning that you're, you're giving your tithes and your offerings out of the book of showed, out of the book of Acts, is very spiritual to God? That means it's a big deal to God, isn't it? It's, it's a big deal to God. But you know, when I was studying that, you know what really got me about all of that sermon, the whole thing? I never realized, Brother Wayne, that in the book of Acts, when it talked about giving, I never realized that when the community and people see that you give with an open heart and that you mean it when you give to them, that somehow that God takes that financial giving and sharing and he opens he opens blinded eyes spiritually. And the Bible says that they, they took attention to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Amen? Let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you this morning. God, through this series that I love my church, God, we come together as a com community of believers together. And God, as a community of believers, God, you're calling us to pray for each other. You're calling us to love on each other. You're calling us to bless each other financially. You're calling us to take, uh, take notice of each other. Uh, you're calling us, God, to, to, to tear down those fences and let brothers and sisters in close into our life. And you're asking us to bless the house of God. And God, you told us, God, and God, great blessings was upon his people great grace, God. It was great power, mega power, God, of your great grace. God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give and I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and I'm going to pour you out a blessing. So, Father, we're going we're gonna to close with just a verse and to God, we're going to close uh, this series out in prayer. Father, praise the Lord.
let's say it together. God, it all belongs to you. Everything materially belongs to you. Oh, that was a little weak. Everything materially belongs to you. Uh, my bank account belongs to you. My bank account belongs to you. My job belongs to you. My retirement money belongs to you. My retirement belongs to you. Now, God, I want to be obedient. Come on. I want to be obedient in anywhere you ask me to give and as much as you ask me to give. And I believe you're going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. God bless you. You have a great week in the Lord.